you are the podcast master. Hey everybody, here we go, continuing through our 10 podcasts in 10 days. This is number nine, I think, I don't know, I believe it's number nine, but I'm excited about this one because Dusty Tugness is a guy that I've wanted to do this with for quite a while now. We've talked about it and the timing just hasn't worked out, but this guy is a very, very busy man during these 10 days and took time out of his busy schedule to come sit down, chop it up, and tell a little bit more about him as a human. You know, so many people see these guys and the incredible athletic skills that they showcase in the arena and the, you know, just the unbelievable toughness. But that toughness isn't just in the arena doing their job. That toughness stems from so much more and so much life experience. So we're going to talk a lot more about that here in this episode. Ten times he's been selected as a bullfighter of the year. We've watched him over a decade protect the bull riders at the National Finals Rodeo. But again, there is so much more to the story. So I'm excited to get to this episode. Here it is, my conversation with Dusty Tugness. Here we go. First things first, how you feeling? We, man, I mean, we're nine rounds in, man. And I feel good, honestly. Uh, there's been times at the ninth round that I've been ready to go home. Uh, but this year, uh, shoot, I'm ready for another 10 rounds. Well, and, and I think maybe I'm wrong, but I think Evan being there for the first time has kind of added a little energy to you and Webster because you can tell just by watching you guys that you're super stoked for another guy to get that opportunity. Oh, for sure. You know, there's there's a handful of guys that I think are, are capable enough to come into the, the finals and, and do a great job, and Evan's one of them. So it's cool to see a, a guy coming into the finals for his first time. And, and you're right, it sparks a little life to us. You know, not only do we, you know, we want to just kind of take him under our, our wing to help him, you know, just uh, focus on fighting bulls and not get caught up in all the different meetings and banquets and the, the big lights here in Las Vegas. But, you know, it's a, it's a new spark to the locker room. And, uh, you know, everything's been going really good for nine rounds. And we're taking care of each other. Uh, keeping each other safe and, and taking care of these bull riders as best we can. So it's going to be an exciting night tonight with world titles on the line. You know, I think that that's something that people overlook sometimes because, you know, yeah, your job's to protect the Cowboys, but sometimes it's just as tough taking care of each other. Oh, for sure. And, and you know, it's a team deal out there, whether it's two guys in the arena, three or even four at some places, right. you're there to take care of each other. It's a brotherhood out there, you know, and, and and I'll tell this to anybody that's listening or anybody that comes up to me, you know, number one guy that I'm going to pick in the arena with me any given day is Cody Webster. And yeah. when I see him in the arena with me, I know I don't have anything to worry about. And I know I can just go take care of my, my business because he's going to take care of his. Have you realized, uh, has it sunk in that the two of you are going to go down as two guys similar to a Joe Bumgardner. I mean, 20, 30 years from now, people are still going to be talking about you guys. Uh, no, I guess it probably hasn't sunk in, and I don't know if it ever will um, because I still just just reflect back on what God's blessed me with in this life and, and just still th- think of that little small town Matitsi, uh Wyoming kid, you know. But uh, it's cool to, cool to see that, uh, you know, two little kids that basically had a dream and a desire to to chase chase this thing called rodeo, and we've been making a living out of it, and it's just a blessing ever since. How big is Matitsi, Wyoming? <laughs> I think the the sign at the at the, the edge of town is says 350 people. I That's think about the size of Delaware. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about the same size. But you kind of grew up. I mean, I say kind of. You grew up around rodeo your whole life. Yeah, yeah. My dad uh, he fought bulls. My mom was involved in rodeo some. So. 
and, and that's what drew me to it you know be going to, around to the summer rodeos with my dad and fighting sheep and steers and the in the junior bulls and that just kind of led into you know a career for me and and that was basically the the turning point for my life did you ever try anything else did you ever have these wild dreams of being a bull rider <laughs> or a bronc rider yeah, um, I, I always wanted to be a bareback rider, but I never got on one. But I did get on some bulls, and I did okay. Um, I never did it long enough to where it slowed down for me. I felt that maybe I could have done decent at it, but um, I always kind of wanted to be out in front of them instead of on top of them. Sometimes I feel like I'm the only person in the industry that didn't have a dream of being a bull rider. <laughs> yeah. I feel like everybody I've ever talked to is like, yeah, I tried to ride bulls for a while. I mean, Brandon Bates was on the podcast earlier this week, and and he's been open about, you know, he sucked at riding bulls. And so this is <laughs> the path that God gave him was to announce. Yeah. Everybody has one of those stories. Not me. I tried it one time, just like announcing. I got forced to do it. Yeah. I never wanted to ride bulls. I was scared. <laughs> yeah, no, there's a... You know, I think the majority of the guys, especially if they were around it uh, a little bit, they probably uh, tried something and then kind of ended up somewhere else. Um, but there is certain guys, you know, like, for example, with the Bullfighters Only, there's some athletes that we've pulled out of, you know, football programs or different things like that that never participated or anything in rodeo and said, hey, that looks fun and, you know, tried it out and kind of fit. You were a part of that, you know, the the very beginning stages of the BFO. Let's talk a little bit about that because over the last few years, we've seen so much opportunity for bullfighters to step in the oh, arena yeah. that never would have got that chance had it not been, I, I think, I think personally for like the BFO. Yeah, for example, so we can even uh, rewind back even further than that. You know, Wrangler brought to a, a great tour for a right, lot of years, right. and 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 that's what something I was looking forward to when I was a kid growing up. And and the tour stopped before I was old enough to even have a PRSA card. And and the guy that kind of kept the brand alive and kept the the life into the bullfighting world was a guy named Rex Dunn. Yep. Um, he kept uh, his fighting bulls. He kept fighting bull or uh, bullfight events. And then uh, uh, Aaron Ferguson, the CEO of Bullfighters Only, he ended up getting an opportunity four or five years ago to bring uh, the sport back to Las Vegas here at here at Cowboy Christmas, the convention center. And since then, it's grown into something bigger than we ever imagined. Right. I always thought it could be a mainstay event, and I think I felt that fans, you know, would love it, and and that it's shown to this day. We were all part of that. You know, yeah. and it was so fun to think. Okay, bullfights are back. Bullfights are, and again, I've I've never been a bullfighter, but man, I felt so close to that that first group that oh, yeah. you know was going to kind of have this coming out party and and get this back as a part of this big ten days, and now to see what's happened and see young kids coming in there and just thinking that you know this is just part of it. This is how it's going to be forever. Like to me, I still. I just I get a big smile on my face watching those kids do it. Oh, for sure. And like you said, being you know you being there with the start of it and being kind of the, the voice for it for the for the majority of it. it. And now looking back, you know I get I, I'll tell Webster and and Harp and all the guys now. I'm like, man, what would I do if I was the 19 year old yeah. kid that's getting to go to all these bullfights and making a good living now? Um, I'm thankful for where I'm at. Um, the protection side is kind of where my career's kind of rolled over to, but it's good to still be involved with bullfighters only and help develop uh, these guys to make great great lives. Well, you talk about this making uh, a pretty good living for you. This is how many times have you been here now? Uh, this is my eleventh time. And you just uh, picked up your tenth Bullfighter of the Year yes, sir. award. 
How crazy is that? Man, it's it's such a huge blessing, honestly. I'm so humbled by it. Um, just to be able to come back and work the finals and be considered, you know, in that group of bullfighters. And like I said the other night at the awards banquet, uh, you know, I get to work with a couple guys on that list for, for the majority of my, my season, uh, Cody Webster, Nate Justice. And uh, when I – when I'm working with those guys, uh, it makes my job easy because they cover up my mistakes and um, and uh, they've always got my back. Do you have any idea what the record is? Uh, yeah, I, I know Jumbo, Joe Bumgardner won it four in a row. Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I always say, just as a fan and, and watching and trying to study the sport, I think Joe Bumgardner is the best oh, yeah. ever. Um, I think that could be changing soon, uh, <laughs> very soon with you guys but it's it's crazy to me as as a friend to sit back and go holy cow because the talent pool right now i think is as good and as deep as it's ever been in bullfighting oh i I couldn't agree with you more because you know with the the development of all the different bullfight events coming up um as well as just the sport getting more uh, uh more light shined on it with social media and different podcasts and and all that stuff you know different people from different backgrounds are coming like i said sports related action sports related backgrounds are wanting to get more involved into it and seeing what the whole sport is about and yeah the depth chart is is way deep uh compared to five years ago i talk about this in bull riding all the time it's not the old just show up and get on your bull and, uh, you know, then go drink beer and smoke cigarettes yeah. the rest of the night. For you guys, it's changed drastically. And people that follow you on social media know how hard you work. So to step up on that stage, to get that buckle, to be in this arena for 10 nights in a row, it's not just showing up to Vegas. Like, you bust your ass all the time. You really do. Yeah, it's a, it's a 24-7 job for me. You know, uh, it's 12 months out of the year. Uh, you know, if I'm not in the arena working, I'm, I'm in the gym trying to work on myself and better myself or uh, getting treatment so I can uh, compete to the best of my abilities. So, um, you know, when January 1 rolls around, uh, it's page 1 of a 365-page book, and, and you've got all the tools and opportunity to write it how you want it, and uh, that's the mentality that I've got, and that's the mentality I'm going to keep going forward. How old are you? Uh, 33. Do you feel sometimes like you're 50 or, or have you taken good enough care of your body that the bumps aren't catching up with you? Uh, there's sometimes I've stepped out of the arena and I felt that I was 50, yeah. but, uh, for the majority of it, no, I feel great. Uh, I feel, honestly, I feel stronger than I, I have been, you know, in a lot of years, you know, I've changed up my workout regimens a lot and got more into the studies of nutrition and fitness overall and really got an understanding of the development of the body and the, the anatomy of the body. So uh, I wish I'd have known all this stuff 10 years ago, uh, but being 33 and knowing this stuff, I feel great. I feel like I'm not losing a step. I feel that I'm still uh, staying up there with the, the, the guys that I consider the best that are going to the, uh, still to this day. So uh, I don't think there's any uh, slowing down for for, for Dusty for a you're, while. You're definitely not losing a step. I've, I've watched every single ride of every night this this NFR, and again, I mean it wholeheartedly when I say it, it's been a joy to watch. It really has been a joy to watch the way you three guys work to, together, the way that the timing, the timing is, is impeccable, and that's a lot of it for you guys. 
Oh yeah, the when you got the good chemistry going with guys in the arena, like you, there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you can you can watch you know uh, us laughing and joking and high five and having fun because we're just clicking. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like the right right hand always knows what the left hand's gonna do and. And, you know, when you got a great team out there, which, you know, having Cody uh, Webster and Evan Allard with me, it's it's just fun out there. We laugh and joke and have a good time, and, and uh, we just roll and go. I want to go back to what you were talking about a minute ago about studying the body, studying the anatomy and, and the, the physical aspect of it outside of the arena, uh, nutrition, all of that stuff. Um, you were actually working on the uh, personal training certification. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I guess the end of October, I went to a CrossFit training course, mm-hmm. and I got my level one trainers. So uh, that's always been something that I've had a passion for for the last probably ten, eleven years. Uh, uh, getting more involved in fitness and and being healthy, you know, living a healthy life, and it, it really was neat to to be a part of that and be able to pass that that this, uh, that exam and uh, kind of further my education into it so definitely something i'm going to stay involved with maybe i'll get up to west fit one day and we've and, uh, talked about get, it get me into a workout we've we've talked <laughs> no i promise you you're gonna be in way better like i like to pick up heavy things and and put them back down that's it yeah that's the extent of my workout but you i can honestly say you're my favorite crossfitter ever in the history of crossfit <laughs> Because you don't talk to me about it every single day and tell me that you're a CrossFitter. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It's, it's, it's just part of the culture. I mean, it, it's funny we joke about it, but um, you do. You just kind of do your deal. And, and the stuff that you put out as far as fitness is super, super positive and motivating. I think that that's something that um, I, here I am trying to plan your life for you. But I think that you have a perfect door and a big window of opportunity when, when you're done or even while you're doing this to open that door to people looking at fitness as a very positive uh, thing because it's not easy for everybody. Yeah, and that's really what I, I've picked up through not only my faith but, uh, you know, the studies of CrossFit, it just in general, functional training basically um, is what I kind of like to refer to it more is just the health and wellness of it. You know, because everybody wants to be healthy. Everybody wants to be fit to a certain extent. Um, but what's your why? I always tell myself, what's my why? For example, like coming to the, the finals right now, what's my true why that I'm here? And if that can line up spiritually and physically for me, then I feel like I'm on, tra- on the right track. So, you know, if I can be that person to help inspire somebody to, um, you know, whether it's getting to the gym or try to achieve something or, or influence them to, to chase their dreams. I think that's all part of the job because there's been so many mentors and people that I've looked up to in my life that they don't personally know what they've done for me in my life, but something, how they reacted to a situation, something they said to me or how they handled the situation changed the direction of my life. And I, I feel that everybody's done that and that's just part of the job. I've told Jim Ross a couple of times, getting to know him, you know, obviously as an adult, uh, I spent my whole childhood watching pro wrestling, and I learned more from Jim Ross before he even knew who I was. Um, just sitting back, watching, and learning. And you talk about you had a, a number of mentors, a number of people that you studied. Who was it, though, that, that you really looked at? Did you have one or two, a couple of people that you really looked at and said, okay, that's, that's what I'm trying to do. That's who I'm trying to be. Man, uh, one guy that really comes to mind is Rex Dunn. Um, he's done a lot for the sport, and I was thankful and blessed to uh, to get to know him on a personal level. Um, you know, not only 
in in bullfighting, but you know, as a brother and and, and a, a fellow Christian of believers, so um, he's he's been a guy that I refer to a lot. Um, obviously, I can I always got to go back to my dad because you know he was the one that really, I guess, directed my way into the rodeo world. But there's there's guys to this day even like so Frank Newsom's a great guy. You know, I I look up to uh, Cody Webster, Nate Justin, Nathan Harp, and those guys too, and they're my brothers. They're close to me. We're we're, we're buddies and. And those are the kind of guys that I try to surround myself around, um, guys that are positive, you know, like yourself, that continue to try to put your best foot forward each and every day and, and make the best of it and try to be better than you were yesterday. Man, ain't that the truth? I've lost a lot of friends because, like, I don't spend a whole lot of time out in the bars and do yeah. all that stuff. I've lost a lot of people that I, that I consider really good friends. But you know what? I've gained so much more positivity in my life. Yeah. Like you said, just surrounding myself – People like you, like Cody, Webster, like Smash, you know, people that are always positive, always got a smile on their face. And I think I think the majority of, of all of our positivity comes from our faith. Oh, for sure. I mean, we got an opportunity every time when we wake up in the morning and put our feet on the ground to to have a good attitude or a bad attitude and and, and the adversity that we might be facing to, to, you know everything is about perspective i think it, how we look at it is how we're going to deal with it and and if we're struggling with how we're going to look at it in a positive way i feel that we need to uh, establish ourselves around people that can help us to look at the positivity in things and and i think the more that i can do that <clears throat> the better days i'm going to have and and uh, the better person i'm going to be to others this is uh, i'm going to throw kind of a curveball at you um, I talk so much on this podcast about where people draw their, you know, their aspirations for being a bullfighter or for being a bull rider or bodybuilder, whatever it is. But where does your faith come from? Where, I mean, where was the beginning stages of that connection with God? Man, it, it's kind of a crazy story. Uh, I say crazy story, but so uh, I was born and raised in Idaho, and I lived with my mom for the first 14 years of my life. And I started going with dad in the summers uh, to rodeo with because they weren't they weren't together. No, no, they were they were divorced divorced at a young age, and I started going with dad in the summers. And when I'd come back home with mom and go to school, like there was just something that pulled me to rodeo. I, just something that I loved about it. And uh, <clears throat> the hardest decision of my life turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life. Uh, just before my freshman year in high school, um, I had to make a call to my mom and ask if I could move move in with dad because I wanted to really be around more rodeo and try to pursue that. And that was one of the toughest things I ever had to do in my life is tell my mom that I wanted yeah. to move. And, how old uh, were you? 14. 14. And, uh, you know, I just thank God for a great mom that, that he's blessed me with because she called me back and said, yes, yeah, she respects my decisions. And, and I ended up moving in with dad. And then once I moved in with dad, I got an opportunity to go to a rodeo Bible camp there in Matitsi, which I wouldn't have been able to go to if I didn't move with dad. And, and, uh, at that moment, my best friend and I were there, Cannon AC, and that's where I f- first found, uh, uh, God and, and seen him move in my life. I, I, I thought I was going to a, a rodeo camp that just had some church involved with it, and at the end of it, I realized that I was going to a Bible camp that that allowed me to, or let me fight bulls, and uh, it literally changed my life. Um, granted, I had some highs and lows from there through college, but uh, God's brought uh, the right people in my life, um, and uh, to help mentor me to be able to continue my walk and and on the straight and narrow with 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 my faith, and then. You know, as we fast forward up, um, I got to start relit or or, or f- overflowing my cup, I guess, into my family. Um, my mom, uh, she was uh, uh, 
uh, went through a, a divorce with my stepdad a handful of years back, and um, I ended up giving her a book through that that I was given to uh, uh, Linda Weesey, Mama Mama Linda Ten. Linda Weesey used to have a bistro that rodeoed uh, with everybody, and and through that moment. Um, my mom's life changed and that was one of the coolest things in my life to see that uh you know god moving in my mom's life and and the and the reaction that she had out of it and i wasn't even really doing anything but i i look back and reflect on the last 15 16 years of the hardest decision in my life that i had to make turned to be one of the best decisions the ultimate decision in my life that allowed god to move into my mom's life so uh, you know god's got a plan for everybody that's listening and if if you truly believe that and keep the faith um uh you know it's it's amazing journey isn't that the coolest feeling in the world you know, we, we, we were talking a minute ago, you've got 10 Bullfighter of the Year buckles, but I've got to believe that pales in comparison to, to watching God work through your family. Oh, for sure. You know, those, you know, those buckles and the, the events and the achievements are awesome. I'm so thankful for them, and I, and I truly feel that God blesses us with certain, certain things in our lives, but at the end of the day, um, that's I don't want that necessarily to be the my identity. Yeah. Um, I'm like I said I'm thankful for it. And I'm going to continue to pursue uh, fighting bulls and doing it at, a, at the highest level I can <clears throat> because I feel this is God's calling for my life and the you know being able to reach people and minister to them. But at Look, the end of the day, he gives us all tools. He gives exactly, us all tools exactly, and it's tools that he's using to build his kingdom. Amen. It's that simple. Yeah. And people will call me a hypocrite because I'll drop the F-bomb or because I cuss a lot, but don't ever get it twisted that God is the number one priority in my life. Amen. I know it's the same for you. Uh, just because we're not out there talking about it 100% of the time and putting it in everybody's faces, I, I get spoken to more when it's real life yeah. conversations, when it's real life situations. Uh-huh. I feel that the, the impact that you're going to have on people's life is more, it's not so much talking the talk, but walking the walk. So when you get to uh, build a relationship with people and they see who you are for your, for who you are, your character, that I feel that that's when the door can open and, and uh, people come up to you because they know who you are, they can trust you and pour out something that's on their heart or, or confess something or just say, hey, man, I appreciate you what you do. Um, one of my pastor, Tim Stewin, years ago, he gave Cannon a, a letter, or he wrote on a piece of paper that said, uh, go out and preach the gospel, and if necessary, use tongue. Basically, he's saying, you know, live by example, and then if somebody approaches you, be able to share your faith and why you have it, or, or where it comes from. So, um, yeah, yeah, you're right, you know, you just being who you are and being true day in and day out, uh, behind and uh, closed doors and in, in, in crowds opens up that trust that people are like, man, I know who that guy yeah. is and I can trust him and I can go up to him and, and say whatever I, I need to say. Your skill in life and, and your ability to be in the upper echelon of this career path has given you uh, a door to teach youth because you're heavily involved in a lot of like bullfighting schools, a lot of youth mm-hmm. camps and things like that that ultimately you can use as a ministry. Oh, for sure, and I've really seen the, some movement this last year. Um, I've always, you know, I've never really been shy to, to speak in front of people or in the public or talking to young kids. And this last year, I, uh, I've had opportunities to uh, share at different rodeos and different things like that, whether it's motivational or more spiritual based. And it's been really cool to see that. And that's kind of where 
you know, you and I were talking the other day about the faith and fitness. Yeah. Um, I've got some great guys with the Humble Daily that, that kind of do the same thing. Um, you know, they're into the, the functional training, but they're also faith-based and, and West Fit, the gym. And, and kind of what I want to do is be able to have that faith and fitness, that, that inner interweave between the two and, and uh, to be able to reach people like that, whether they're old or young or whatever, to influence them like that. I just, I, it drives me. I have a lot of fun with it. So I, and you mentioned my gym. I love to go in there and lift weights and we'll turn the music up or whatever and we'll get loud. And, and there's a lot of language that, you know, isn't appropriate in front of certain people. But at, in the same breath, we're talking about finding ways to get through those workouts while doing a Bible study all at the same time. And when we're constantly seeking ways to, to incorporate our faith and our Christianity into everything we do, whether it's rodeo, whether it's this podcast, whether it's lifting weights, like, I mean, and I feel like that's what society, I say this on every episode. I feel like that's what society's missing. That's the biggest thing. Our, our nation and society is missing God. Oh Yeah. We've got to find a way to put God back in everything we do. Mm-hmm. But and you do that. And and as a friend, I, I truly appreciate how strong you are in your faith. So Yeah. Um when when you get done here in Vegas, what's next? So yeah, we wrap up the Wrangler NFR uh, tonight. Tenth round is gonna be a big night. There's gonna be so, some gold buckles handed out for some guys. Uh but I'm going to head up to my mom's for a few days in Idaho. And then uh, going to go meet up with good buddy Nate Justice. We're going to go uh, hit the mountain and uh, do a little snowboarding for a few days. And then uh, this weekend, this coming weekend, we've got the Chase Hawks, Chase Hawks Memorial Rough Stock Rodeo. Um, they've got the banquet and dinner and everything Friday night. And then uh, the Rough Stock Rodeo Saturday night. So quick turnaround for me um, to finish out the year. Yeah. And then I get about two weeks off for the holidays and new years. And then we start right off into, uh, Odessa, Texas for the Sandhill stock show and rodeo. Do you have any idea how many performances you work <laughs> a year? Uh, I think the last two years it's been right around 180 performances. My goodness. In 365 days, you've 180 performances. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty busy all year. Uh, my May is a little slow. Um, a lot of times my May is, uh, for the last couple of years been like bullfights and schools. And then my no- November has been a little slow, but, um, for the last few years being able to, uh, come here to the Wrangler national finals, that's, I've been okay with that. Uh, uh, Richard Jones, he's called us a few times when we've had the velocity tour events and I always like to go to them. Uh, great, great crew, great uh, camaraderie there. And it was always a great tune up. Um, this year they didn't have the scheduling in any or in November. So it was just a great month to train and prep, uh, for the, the finals. So to get your mind right, get your body right to really, for me, kind of torture myself for four good weeks before I come out here for the finals. Man, it's totally worth it. It shows in everything you're doing in the arena. Um, I, I just, I don't know. I just, I, I just pray for more success for you guys because as a friend, I, I'm, I'm proud to just see you guys on that big screen every night. Yeah, well, no, we can even go throw them back. I remember, I don't know how many years ago, uh, ago it was, but uh, we was in Sulphur Springs, Texas for a bull ride. Yeah. And that's the first place I met you. And, 
and, and I got to hear you announce that first time, and I, you know, I thought you did a great job, and and to see your success even uh, and becoming friends that we are today, it's it's awesome to see that that now you're on the biggest stage of pro bull riding, and and now you're here, you know, got your podcast, you got so many things going on in Vegas, and so just applause for you too, Matt, for that, for man. your success. You were there when done. I went to sleep in Idaho. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was uh, one of our events, and uh, yeah, you hit you big guy fall hard. Yeah, uh, I might be the only announcer that ever got knocked out right before the opening of a bullfight yeah you come out with a bang pretty much <laughs> i slept but we got through it it was fun just uh we'll have to tell that story on the podcast sometime <laughs> man uh if people aren't already following you on social media how do they do it how uh do they keep up? uh let's see it's dusty underscore tuckness on instagram and just dusty tuckness on facebook so um yeah i try to keep, uh, keep up with my whereabouts and shout out to my sponsors for all the great things that they do and uh yeah Get ready, 2020. Cool. Excited for you guys. Uh, one more round. We're recording this on day 10. It feels like day 360 for a lot yeah. of us. But, uh, man, continued success. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. I know it's a busy 10 days out here for you. So go have some fun tonight. I appreciate it, man. All right, man. Appreciate you. Yep.